Because then you get to sit down and listen about Jehoshaphat and other people with funny the names. Guy, right? <laughs> All right, Lord, we welcome you in this place. We come with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts to worship you, Lord. Come and have your way. Move in power this morning. We love you, God.
We can trust you with the questions. We worship you this morning, God, as your people, as your children. We love you so much, Lord. We bless you. Amen.
can continue to have some time. Um, I'm going to explain what to do with those cards in just a couple minutes. But <clears throat> this morning is a different service than what we typically do on on Sundays. This morning is a service focused around prayer and worship. So you're getting more of a sermonette, even though I can quickly turn a sermonette into a sermon. Right, Graham? Uh, time wise, I'm not sure what the difference is, but it's kind of like the difference in a creek and a river. It's it's depending on how long it is. Right. So you, it's a sermon at, right? Um, <clears throat> that's the attempt. But um, so this morning we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're we're diving into a time of worship and prayer. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about what that what what that is. And so I think a lot of times, if you're like me, um, I remember back when I was in seminary, I had a prayer list because I wasn't sure how to really begin praying and. I heard somebody tell me they made a list and prayed through it every day. So that sounded like a good place to start. And I had a prayer list and that turned into a whiteboard. And, you know, I don't remember all the things that made it onto my whiteboard. But I do remember that um, God gave me, you know, made, made somebody at church that I was going to, you know, really kind of brought me to mind one day when I was praying. And, I, and obviously that was something that he was stirring and leading me to. But I didn't know the person's name. And so for seven months, I had I had Wonder Woman written down on my whiteboard as somebody I prayed for every day because there must be things going on in this person's life that she needed somebody praying for. And I didn't know who she was. I didn't know her name. I just knew that I was supposed to be praying for. And seven months later, I got introduced to who's now my wife, Rebecca. And and, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing at how God honors and blesses things that we don't even always know about, you know, that we're just trying to be faithful. And so I think that there can be value to having prayer lists. I think I've Personally, I've kind of moved on from having a list, and, and that's a part a little bit what we're what we're talking about this morning. You see, when we talk about prayer, there are all sorts of different types of prayer in, in the Christian faith. There are prayers of petition. There are prayers of thanks, thanksgiving. There are prayers of intercession. Um, but this morning, we're going to talk about a prayer of adoration. And what I want you to hear in this is while mostly when we think of uh, prayers, and writing down a list of things to pray, we, we, we think of petitions. We think of what am I to pray into or what am I going to petition God with, with this concern or this need that I have. And, and, and hopefully this morning we can move beyond that. Because in, in reality, I really believe on Tuesday mornings, um, we have a, a group of people that pray at 630. Everyone is welcome. It, it seems like that's not public knowledge because you're not all there. So I want to be sure that everybody knew it's, it's, it's welcome. And, and, and also let women know that y'all are welcome too, because for five years, it seems like we've only had men at this 630 Tuesday morning prayer time. And that's great, right, Bill? I mean, Bill, Bill's there with me. And so during our prayer time this week, I just felt like, um, you know, God gave me a, a picture of this and, and, um, and we, every, every Tuesday morning, we kind of go around the circle. We talk about the things that we need to pray for. And then we go into a time of prayer and we have some music playing in the background. And and uh, and specifically this week, maybe more than most, really our our 45 minutes of prayer after our 15 minutes of talking was just about adoring and worshiping God. Like we mentioned all these things that would have been a list of things we need to pray into. But we didn't spend time praying into Aunt Betty's big toe that she stomped on you know, the previous week, like we just spent time being with God and adoring God because I mean, and, and as I, as I thought about it, you know, Jesus teaches about this just before we, he, in, in Matthew six, just before he goes into saying, you know, this is how you should pray our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He says, the Lord knows your needs even before you ask them. So the, the need for us to come to God and pray through the details, every minutia detail of how we could imagine this prayer request to be answered the way we imagine it might best be answered may not be the best or most trusting or most faith induced effort to pray. That maybe much like what happened this Tuesday, we just name those things of that we were aware of and they just become something that got written down. Ultimately, and I have a bowl in front of me here. This is you're going to learn what this is about that almost like we just kind of put those in the bowl as we as we came in, because then the rest of our time together was just about praising God and being with God and adoring God for how good he is, how big he is, how amazing he is, because 
ultimately, in aspect of prayer, prayers of adoration, and give me some grace here, prayers of adoration trump the other prayers. Because the other prayers are going to stop when you die. And when I die, and when we move on, or when this age, this season, age of the world ends. Because the prayers of adoration are the prayers that are going to continue on for eternity. We're not going to be asking requests. We're not going to be interceding, you know, as we understand intercession. We're not going to be praying prayers of confession when we're in heaven with God. That's for here and now. And those are valuable. I'm not saying they're not valuable. I'm saying that we might as well go ahead and begin practicing our eternal life here and now, not just waiting until we die to do it. So I think that there is value in taking time and moving our hearts to a place of adoring God as a significant portion of what we do in prayer toward God. And so sometime during our, our, our worship set and our time of prayer in just a bit then I'm encouraging you when you're ready to let go of the list and just let it out of your hands and into God's hands so that you can then worship and let your heart adore him, knowing that he knows the details of what could be on your list better than you know. And he knows the pages that could be written that you may not have come to your mind on a little index card. But your act of response is to come and just lay that in a bowl before him and let go of it. So. When you're ready during the worship time, that you're ready to let go and let your let your prayers move from a place of petition to a place of adoration, then come and come and lay that in the bowl. And now let me explain, I think, what has to happen in our hearts for our prayers of petition to move into prayers of adoration is that it's like going into this room of the presence of God where where all we're doing for eternity is adoring him. You have to pass through the doorway of reverence. So these things that we're holding on to, these things that we have on our list, these things that may have a hold of us, these circumstances, these trials, these difficulties, these bosses, these co-workers, these neighbors, these these hardships that we are so holding on to at some point need to be need to pass through the doorway of reverence of how good and how big and how powerful our God is so that. Then our hearts can enter into a place of adoration before him. Because he's able to carry all those and more. He is not a God who is so busy he does not have time for you or to know the number of hairs on your head. He cares about every detail more than you can imagine. He knows you better than you know you. And he longs and he is honored when our hearts come to adore him. So let me encourage you in that. As you grow your prayer life and and step into more of what God has in store, let more and more of your time and more and more of your heart be fixed on just adoring the goodness of God. And you'll see the, the presence of his spirit and the presence of the peace that is the fruit of his spirit cover over those lists. Fair. So in order to to dive into this, I have a a story in the Old Testament that I want us to spend some time on this morning. Uh, The story comes from Second Chronicles, and uh, and you're going to get a bit of an ad lib pre story to my story because I think there's there's value in it. To set the context up in Second Chronicles, we're going to look at verse at, at chapter 20 in a minute. And that's the story of Jehoshaphat. But Jehoshaphat was the son of King Asa. Jehoshaphat became king of Judah when his father Asa passed away and his father. So the nation of Israel was a united nation under King Saul and David and 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 David's son. And then there there were only three kings over a united nation. And then the nation split and there was Israel to the north and Judah to the south. And Judah is where the city of Jerusalem resides. Asa and then Jehoshaphat were kings over the province or the, the kingdom of Judah in the south. Right. Asa is known as a godly man for the reform that he brought in the nation of Israel, that he tore down the idols, that he cleaned out the temple, that he made, he led Israel to worship God and God alone, where before Asa, idols had been, had crept in and Asherah poles, which are like totem poles were being, were being prayed to. And God was, was, was frustrated and angry that the, that his nation and his people were worshiping other idols. So Asa came in and brought reform and got rid of those things. And and that was a great thing. But later in Asa's life, 
the Lord had an issue. And you can look at this. You can read the story in in Second Chronicles, chapter 16, where an, an issue came up where Asa was going to where the nation of Judah was going to be attacked from the north by Israel and this nation to the east. Israel had a pact with so small little Judah was about to be overrun by this larger nation to the north and they didn't have any other allies that could come to their aid. So Asa said, I'm going to take my gold and my silver and I'm going to offer it to this king of in the east to break his pact with Israel so that he'll come to my aid and then Israel will not invade Judah. Sounds like a really good idea. And in fact, it worked. The king accepted the the bribe, essentially broke his pact with Israel and protected Judah from the yeah, Judah from being inhabited by the people of the north. Sounds wise, right? But the Lord, even as wise as it may have seemed, it worked. It was reasonable. Seemed like a smart thing to do. But the Lord said, I have the problem with you. I have a problem with this, Asa. He said, because you relied on the king of Aram. And not on the Lord, your God, the army, the king of Aram has escaped your, your hand. The Lord had planned and desired to bless Asa. But because you leaned on the, the strength of a man instead of me, instead of consulting me and asking me to do this, I have this against you. And this is again at the end of chapter 16. And then again, at the end of his life, he made so many, made so many good choices. But at the end of his life, um, Asa said he was affli- Asa was afflicted with a disease in his foot. And the Lord said, um, and he had this severe illness, but he did not seek the help of the Lord, but only from the physicians. And the Lord said, because of this. See, the Lord wants to be the one consulted and wants to be the one brought alongside of. And Asa chose not to include the Lord or trouble the Lord with this request that he had or this thing that could be on his card if he was filling one out. He said, you know what, I'm going to choose this or I'm going to handle this. But he didn't put it first in the Lord's hands. So fast forward now to his son, Jehoshaphat, taking reign over the nation of Judah. And now we're into the story that I wanted you to hear this morning, because Jehoshaphat has, you know, is the king over a small country. But the Lord had blessed him. He followed in his father's footsteps in the sense of getting rid of the other idols and cleaning out the temple and leading people to worship God alone. And to be the people that they could be. And the Lord blessed him with all kinds of riches. But they were a smaller nation. And then all of a sudden he hears about someone comes and brings him news. And this is now where we're into chapter 20 of Second Chronicles. Someone comes and brings him news. But that the Moabites, the Amorites and the Meunites are, are, have banded together. These three major nations nearby have banded together and are coming to take over and sweep through Judah. Way these three these three nations coming together create this impenetrable force that's just about to sweep through. And Asa's like, I I mean, uh, Jehoshaphat's like, I have no idea what to do. So I'm going to pick up reading in verse three. He says, alarm, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, and this is his prayer. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms and nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. O our God, did, did you not drive out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword or judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry to you in our distress. And you will hear and save us. But now here are the men from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not Allow Israel to invade when they came to Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. So how they are see how they are repaying by coming to drive us out of the possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. 
but our eyes are upon you. Let me get you to repeat that last sentence with me. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Imagine a scenario in your life that may be something that is on your list, whether it's a circumstance with work. Maybe you own your own company and you get a phone call that you're about to be audited. Immediately, what does your mind go to? What is your rational fix? What is your cognitive plan to come and figure out your own circumstance and work this thing out yourself in the stress of whatever may be going on? What is the situation with a boss or a coworker that you need to figure out how to bring some resolve to? What is the situation of some difficult circumstance or illness or like in my house, cancer that's recently come, come about? What is your response to the things in your life? Is it to follow in the pattern that we were all born into, that nature that Asa struggled with at the end of his days? Where he, he grew so heavily to, to figure things out and to come up with a plan. And it seemed like a really good plan, but the Lord was dishonored by it. Or maybe it was a really good thing to call upon the physicians, but the Lord said, but I wanted to be the one that you called upon. What is it in how you live your life and how I live my life that if I were to be honest, I think 95% of the time I go on about making my plans and figuring things out and resolving problems myself rather than allowing my heart to be moved to a place of adoration, a place of trust, a place of faith to say, you know what? This life's really not about this life for me. This life's but what the opportunity is for, for eternity. So God, what do you want to do? What honors you most in this? Whether the circumstance is ironed out to be something that's profitable or beneficial for me in this world, what does that really matter? Because what lasts for eternity is what honored you. And I think what honors him most are hearts that are able to come before him daily and drop a card in a, in a bowl or release those requests from having to have things done our way or how we imagine them and just being able to say, Our Father who art in heaven, how would be your name? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will, as you would have me be, as an eternal being before you, let that be what I choose to do today. Rather than staying caught up in the pattern that I've known and I grew up in and trying to figure things out myself. We do not know what to do. But can we move to a place that our hearts say, but our eyes are on you. And lead us to this place where we can be a men and women that are following after your path. Because here's what what then now happens next. The Lord was honored by what he heard and he spoke through one of his prophets. I'm skipping some verses. I'm going to pick up on verse 18. Go read this chapter of this uh, today, later today. It's, it's amazing at this story. Beginning in verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed to his face to the ground and all the people in Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some Levites and Kohanites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord. The God of Israel with a very loud voice early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. Um, as they as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord, your God, and you will be upheld and have faith in the prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat anointed men to, to sing to the Lord and to praise him. For the splendor of his holiness. And they went out at the head of the army. Saying give thanks to the Lord. For his love endures forever. Now think about that. Think about being the king over a nation. And you're about to go into battle. Against an army. Three times your size. And instead of sending out the horses and chariots. And your best soldiers and armor. You send out the choir. You send out the choir to sing a song over and over again, 
Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. That these men that were chosen by Jehoshaphat to go out and sing in a loud voice to praise the splendor of his holiness. They went out over and over again saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And this is the song that they sing for all the nations of the world to hear. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. We are going into battle and we will be slain. But give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. This is the most foolish thing any king could ever come up with because we will be massacred. But our hearts sing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. This is what honors our Lord. This is adoration. I encourage you to to dive into the Psalms, specifically Psalm 136. And see the response of his people. Every verse, there's a response from the nation. God is good. His love endures forever. How are you living your life? How is your prayer time? Is the Lord calling you to something more? To be able to let go and to live your life eternally, here and now, before you die, that you are participating in the way things will be in heaven for eternity. That you can have up there, come down here, that as it would be in heaven can be as it is with how you live your life. Or will you be like I am so many times caught up in the concern and worry and planning out the resolutions myself of how to address the things that could be on my list. So when you're ready and your heart is reverent, then I encourage you to come submit those and place them in the bowl this morning. And then go back to your seat and sit and just adore God for who He is. Let's worship. Psalm 123, 1 through 2 says, To you I lift up my eyes. O you are you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he is gracious to us. You've been so gracious been so good mm-hmm. where would I run but to the throne of mercy where would I kneel but at this cross of grace how great the love strong the hand that holds us. Beautiful, so
there's more to the story. Beginning in verse 22, as they began to sing and praise to the Lord, the Lord set the ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they, de- and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy the, and annihilate them. And after they finished, they slaughtered the men from Seir. They helped to destroy one another. That when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, and they praised the Lord. And this is why that valley is called the Valley of Baraka to this day. They they were led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Return joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. The fear of the Lord came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Can I get an amen? The Lord says in James 4, 8. I just blinked. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Let me say that again. The Lord says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. That means the ball's in our court of how we, how closely we choose to walk with God in this life. The ball's in your court. Of how much you will live your life eternally here and now. The ball's in your court of how much praise will be sung from your lips. The ball's in your court with how your heart is either released to have peace and adore God for how powerful and how mighty he is. And how everything is in his hands for eternity. Or the ball is in your court to hold on to the stresses and the worries and the concerns of how you, they might, things might work out the way you think they might need to. The Lord is waiting to draw near. And he is inviting your heart and my heart to learn to adore him. That we could learn to open that door of reverence and encounter his presence every day of our lives. This is going to wrap up our, our service. You are free to go. When you're ready, the band is going to continue to stay and play. We're going to have people on my left and my right prayer teams. If, if there was something that on your list or, or maybe your list was something that you just never felt like you could quite get your heart to a place of reverence to let go of, then, then by all means, have a brother or sister pray with you over that to help let go. There's baskets up here for offering. There's communion. Leave this morning knowing that God's body was broken, his blood was shed, so that you and I can live our eternal life here and now and not have to wait for some far off place. The kingdom of God up there can come down here in your life. And he's waiting for you to draw near and walk through that reverent door. What's your choice? My prayer is that you go out in peace. That the Lord would bless you, that he would keep you, he would lead you into a life of everlasting where you can learn to let go of the concerns and worries of the world that depend on your hand, depend on your strength, because he wants to come and be your power. Go in his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. As Scott said, we're going to sing a couple more songs. Uh, this next one is probably maybe unfamiliar, but um, for those of you who want to stick around, we hope it, it ministers strongly to you. It's been uh, hugely revelatory for us, and we just wanted to do it this morning to to kind of recap up everything Scott talked about. Um, so if you if you don't feel like singing in, we just just soak it up. <laughs> we hope that this merely ministers to you, and then we'll finish with one more song that we can sing together if you like.
your truth this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are trustworthy, that we can leave everything with you, that we can give all of ourselves to you. So we leave here this morning with newfound faith in areas where maybe we were lacking to believe you for, to believe that you are good, to believe that you are trustworthy. So we're just going to sing one more song and you're, you're welcome to go or sing along with us.